0: for chico california that's the one i'm coming out of retirement for to uh to basically just take the number one plate off cody's bike i I already texted him i said you're done dude he's like what do you mean yeah he was concerned i'm like you're done episode 161 Tank Slapping podcast we are doing a schedule deep dive for american flat track we're going to talk about the 2024 schedule and we are also going to talk about hooligan fucking racing hooligan racing we have a lot of hooligan listeners and fans and blah 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 yeah we're going to talk about hooligan racing with mr hooligan mr. hooligan himself eric harley what's up man how you doing chilling bro chilling i uh just been busy got uh to be honest i don't have a lot of notes on this podcast so i'm going to have you steer the ship a little bit uh well
1: that's better i think that's what everybody wants anymore you know you just you know you just need to retire No, what's up uh, It's all good yeah no I'm, we, we, we yeah, we've been trying to you know kind of do some uh hooligan deep diving uh you know the class is, has been growing at a rapid pace it's very polarizing there's a a lot of people uh, that love hooligan racing. And then there's a lot of people admittedly that do absolutely hate it. Uh, I think both sides, um, it's a little bit of uh, just misunderstanding. And I think that, you know, doing a podcast like this is going to kind of bridge that gap. And, um, so I'm really excited. And then as well to talk about the new, uh, season i mean hell you know all hell broke loose when they released that schedule and i think everybody's had a moment to kind of calm down and uh there are a lot of benefits um well, highlights to this schedule and i'm excited to go over um of you know that but then also there's a lot of uh, question marks and uh to be announced that we got to dive into i think um Most everybody knows what is going on in those to be announced uh, weekends. But uh, if you want to spill the beans on that, we certainly can. Uh, But hopefully doing a podcast like this, we can excite people to maybe, you know, get out of the uh, get off the couch and go out to these places. So it'll be a a lot of fun to break down.
0: Yeah. Yep. So we'll chat that. I want to make sure we shout out the sponsors and make the show happen. Couldn't do without them. Mission Foods, our title sponsor. Make sure you support those who support the sport. Mission Foods is leading that list right now. If you can't find their products at your local grocery store, buy them online. Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Check out their website, yamahamotorsports.com. Motorcycle ATV, side-by-side, snowmobile and power products. Yamaha revs your heart. Big shout-out to Indian Motorcycle. We appreciate everything they're doing for the sport. They're a super passionate brand, and uh, we're thankful for their support of the podcast. If you can, go out, test ride your Test ride a local, uh, at your local dealership. They have a great lineup of motorcycles. Uh, Make sure you hit them up. Moto America, appreciate everything Moto America is doing for the show. They're on board again for 2024. Check out their schedule. Go check out a Moto America race. It's a full-blown entertainment weekend. You won't be be disappointed. Appreciate them for supporting the show. Dunlop motorcycle tires, 19-inch, 17-inch flat track tires, off-road street, and Uncle Jerry, man. Roof Systems Dallas, Texas. Jerry Stinchfield, nearly 40 years of experience in the commercial and industrial roofing company. Appreciate you, Jerry, for keeping the pod going since day one. All right, we have a short time frame here,
1: Eric. So let's get into
0: <laughs> the show. Do you have the schedule in front of you? I'm sure you do at this. point. I do
1: have the schedule in front of me, and kind of one of the things that I was wanting to uh, bounce off of you is kind uh, of you know. Know, kind of what do you think the pros and cons of each track? Obviously the ones that we've been doing for like 17 years in a row we can run through but you know also talk about kind of some of the dirt characteristics of these newer tracks. Um if you have any experience with your team, you know your family, uh you know, Trent, anybody that's ever ran out there and just you know kind of talk about the the areas a, uh as a whole you know kind of what are kind of the things about the towns and stuff and just like right. I said just get the let's do it. Out. Let's so start After off let's start one, yeah, we're, we're pushing. Starting, yeah, let's... round one, we got Daytona. Talk to me about it. What do you think? All right. Think
0: so I, Yeah, and I, I did a little post on this on Facebook. So I, I have some info that I put out there for the fans, and I just wanted to touch upon that information. Um, As I said on the Facebook, I, I think the season should always start Daytona Bike Week. I don't think there's any scenario where we aren't starting in Bike Week. I think that's worked for so long, and I don't think we need to change that. I do like the short track. I love the unpredictableness of that first round. Um, and the fact that it is a short track, uh, the dirt, I mean, everything about Daytona is unpredictable. Um, my dad always called it getting bonus points. You go to Daytona, do the best you can. You can't win the season at Daytona. Uh, but you can certainly leave there with a big hole. If you don't do well, it's, um, it's one of those races. It's just a crap shoot, but overall, um, being, being, Down here during, I say down here because I'm here now. I have, (laughs) I have a house in Ormond Beach, but it's just, uh, it's just something that we need. And I'm glad that we're doing two races at the short track. I'm a big fan of these double headers, Eric, and I think we should do more of them. But yeah, I like it. I like the two at Daytona. I think that was a good move. Pretty easy to put those two on the schedule. And uh, yeah, I think that was probably one of the one of the less painful ones for AFT to kind of put together.
1: Yeah and now I would also I would kind of have the same thought on uh, round 3 going down to Sonoya. Um I you know obviously the hooligans raced the the a number of the f- uh, first couple rounds in the season and we we did uh Sonoya, and I thought it was a fantastic facility. Um you know had a lot of great racing. I mean when Dallas and uh Jared were going neck and neck that was incredible. Um the you know the banking allowed for a lot of great you know, line choices and stuff, but just kind of what do you think uh about going, you know, the tried and true method of going right back to Sonoya?
0: Yeah, I like Sonoya a lot. I was a little skeptical on going there. Um, I don't know why really. I just uh I don't know. When they first announced it, I was like, eh, we'll see how it is. But I got to ride it on the amateur day last year. I fucking won by the way. I don't know if you saw it or heard about it, but yeah, big, big, uh, deal. big, yep, big I got the I got the big checks in my in my garage um that triggered so many people. <laughs> but Sonoya baby, it's uh it's a good track. I'm I think that it's good to be in that part of the country. Atlanta, Georgia. A lot of the industry has moved to Georgia. Um Yamaha is nearby in Atlanta, Georgia. It's just cool to be in that part of the country. It's also cool to not have a huge gap between Daytona to like we used to go to Daytona and then come back for the next round in Springfield Memorial Day weekend. I never understood that. So I think going staying south so we can race in March is smart. And, yeah, as you said, it provided really good racing. I loved it. I think Senoy is awesome.
1: Um, so I will say this. Uh, I'm going to keep it generalized here. But there is a manufacturer's headquarters in and around that area. And they do have a bike that's coming around, uh, around that time. And it would be a no-brainer for the powers that be. Uh, to maybe get them out and display the bike so uh, I'm gonna toot that horn right there so if you guys know me you can kind of figure that one out but uh, moving on to uh, round four we had to switch things up um, but we we're doing the Texas again but not devil's bowl we're doing the Texas half mile quarry what do you think uh, about doing that one uh, versus you know the other tracks that are in the Texas area
0: yeah, so they're not at Devil's Bowl because there's no more Devil's Bowl. They they <laughs> raced their last Devil's Bowl Speedway a couple of weeks ago and personally, I didn't love Devil's Bowl when I rode it as a I'm just going off as a rider. I I didn't love how fast the wall came up on you coming off turn 4. I thought the dirt was, I don't know, not not great dirt, but with that being said, Texas Motor Speedway is for whatever reason the track is kind of subpar but i always do good there so i like it um i try to be non-biased as a rider I, I try to look at things as a rider as a promoter as a fan i think it's a good move we don't get a lot of fans for whatever reason at this venue i, I think there were more fans at devil's bowl but i think we should be in texas That's not saying much yeah i know it's sad but i think We should be in that part of the country, whether it's Oklahoma or Texas or something. And yeah, I don't know. I, um, like I said, I've, I've won two races at that track. I I actually really like it for whatever reason, but also that track has to suck before it gets good. It's one of those things throughout the day where like, if I was prepping it, I would hard pack it. I would let it get a groove. It's going to get dry for like half a practice session. The groove comes in, it gets really abrasive drop a little bit of water on it, and let's go racing. But it's got to get shitty before it gets good. Like every time we go there, practice, the track sort of sucks, but then it comes back in, it comes around. Uh, When we went there in 2019, the track was awesome. It was the best we've ever had it. But I think it was last year we went there. And the track was kind of subpar again. Well,
1: wasn't that the one where like the water truck or something broke and they like had to go a large portion of the day without fucking water. And that's what got me all heated about, you know, we do these flat track rounds in NASCAR backtrack, you know, backyard, uh, because, you know, owned by, you know, basically NASCAR. And it's like, no one ever comes out to the damn races and then they're always that's the thing man
0: these fans they bitch about you know when they they released this schedule they're bitching like oh why are we going here why don't we go there y'all don't come to the races anyway these people that are bitching most of them 95 percent of them that's probably a sad truth fact y'all don't even come so you're crying about why the races aren't on the schedule guess what the promoters make money by selling tickets and you can help by buying a ticket showing up attending the race um That's why a lot of these aren't on the schedule and I'll get to Middletown here later, but I have an example of this, like showing up provides results. So we could get into that. Speaking
1: about getting people into the seats, we're going to, um, so if you go to, uh, you know, the fifth round is in uh, Chica, Chino, whatever it is, California, the silver dollar short track now with it's it's in California. And what's going to really help getting people into the seats for this one is that directly north of the racetrack is a homeless shelter. So California is going to be able to get all of their pride and joy. No, I'm just kidding, but no. So if you do go to the Silver Dollar or Short Track, just know that there is a homeless shelter uh, right by the racetrack. I had to bring that up, but uh, it's a NorCal area. It's pretty remote, but it is pretty up there. Uh, I believe that it's a college town, so it could get pretty rowdy um, if they were to market that adequately um like you had said on the facebook post that you have a lot of laps playing the uh, world outlaws video game so it's cool that that track's still around there's a lot of history the best
0: game ever by the way anyone that's That's ever played any sort of dirt racing game that game came out in like 2002 and it's still the best car racing game i've ever played it's world of outlaws 2002 (laughs) for ps2 and they have like williams grove in there they have uh silver dollar they have knoxville they have a lot of really really cool tracks in that game and yeah man i'm i'm a fucking
1: problem on that track is that a groove track
0: it's a groove track it's super banked i know if in the game if you go off the banking you literally land in a different continent like it just sends you flying and then you try to get back on the track and the banking's so deep you like jump back on you get all squirrely but yeah it's, it's it's pretty small in the game so like in relevance to Williams Grove or something like that, it's really small. So it'll be interesting to see. I have not even looked up YouTube videos on this track. The only thing I know about this track is from what I played. <laughs> I played for that video game, which I don't know. I don't know, man. It's it's cool, though. It's, it's kind of in a shitty location. It's not really in a nice yeah. part of California, I don't think. Sorry, anybody that's from there. It's nothing personal. I just don't think it's very... Uh, I think it's closer to like Nevada, right? I don't even know where it is exactly.
1: Yeah, I just I looked it up and I saw that there's a college there, and you know, it, you know, it got kind of got me thinking too. If you, we started uh, this last year.
0: Holy shit! It's north. It's way north of uh, Sacramento.
1: Yeah, no, bro. There's yeah. nothing up there.
0: No, nope. wow, nope. yeah, it's, there ain't shit up there. I mean, that's right. like the last big city, big quote unquote city before you get the. Oregon, essentially Redding, Redding, California. But yeah, man, it's that sucks. I mean, Reno is Reno is east of it. I don't know. That's kind of weird. I mean, sorry, I cut you off a little bit. But yeah, you go from, uh, yeah, so silver dollar, uh, another short track. So four short tracks in the first five races, actually
1: Five, five Five, out of the first six. You got a Daytona twice. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say, like last year, they kind of did that too, where the season was was kind of organically broken up in between the different disciplines. And I mean, stop me if I'm sounding weird and giving them a um, you know a pat on the back. But I actually like that the, that kind of continued on because the beginning of this year is all short tracks. Um, you know, we're gonna be in places where the uh it's cold everywhere, but Texas and, you know, California and, and Florida and Georgia. And then um, you know, we get to end that kind of that vacation, if you will, at the, uh, the drone capital of the world at Ventura. So, um, I didn't know that they, I didn't think they were going to be able to go back to Ventura. I thought there was some, um, rumors that it might be going away, but, um, you know, it, it's a great track. It provides a lot of, you know, raciness and it is, uh, technically a cushion. Cause I brought in that, uh, that, uh, I thought they came down from like, um, there's a track down South in California. They like trucked in, uh, some cushion. So it was a, a, you know, like a cushion short track, but what do you think about all of these short tracks being in the beginning of the season?
0: Yeah. Um, Ventura is pretty cool. It was, they prep it differently every time I've seen a YouTube, a YouTube video on bikes yeah. being there. Like I've seen it as like a clay track. I've seen it cushiony. I thought last year it, it looked really fun when they started the day but then the end of the day it kind of got really dry and skittery and not super awesome uh to be honest our our poll we did where we we uh we asked i think we asked like 25 or 28 riders what was their favorite and least favorite track and ventura actually was not a fan favorite for the um quote unquote fan favorite for the riders they they didn't love it so i had one rider yeah, who, i heard a
1: number of them say if they cut it off like after like maybe like the the practice or like maybe yeah. beginning of the heats it was like it was awesome. Then yeah
0: Jay like yeah. well I, I just threw him under the bus but jd said it was one of his favorite tracks when it was practice and it was his least favorite in the main event so <laughs> uh yeah i don't know it's cool man i mean i think we need to be in socal it's it's just important for us to be there i know when i won i won paris one year it was just so cool to win in southern california and in front of a lot of people within the industry and i don't know it, it's cool man it's we, we we know the drone shots are cool so I, I think they're just you know coming in for the for, for the drone shots man for the yeah.
1: maybe we the, get some more heat maps too
0: <laughs> yeah the heat map thing was <laughs> they love that man That heat map thing i did not understand the the draw there i'm like All right. Next. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So
1: going from, uh, orange County, if you will, to the real orange County, uh, you know, there is a little bit of a break, but not much, but what do you think of, uh, you know, the, the, the back-to-backs in orange County and Bridgeport.
0: So I'm looking here at the spacing and you pretty much have like three weeks, maybe from Daytona to Sonoya. And then you have almost a full month until Texas. Uh, I think that's almost, you can't really go to Texas any sooner because it's still pretty cold in Texas during the winter and that dirt and like that time of the year, I feel like dirt right after the winter, it's, it's kind of shitty. Like it takes some time to hard pack and, and settle, et cetera. So I would have liked to see something in between March and April there, like Sonoya and Texas, but I don't, I mean, looking at the rest of the schedule, there's really no option for that. So, and then you go from Texas. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Yeah, we could do that. But looking at April, like Texas Silver Dollar Ventura, it's back to back to back weekends, Texas to Northern California to Southern California. That trip's (laughs) going to suck. Sorry. And then going, then you have about a month, a little over a month until we go to Middletown, which I don't get. I don't get going back to middle. Well, I do get it. I do get it because this is what happens. Fan fans like, even though the facility is shitty, the track I thought sucked. Like I'm sorry, it's just I think it's the worst track we were on. The riders agreed when we when we asked all the riders. Uh, a lot of them, I think Middletown was their their uh, second least favorite after Arizona TT. I had to look up the info again, but yeah, I just didn't I didn't think it was a good track. Um, but was the- that the one
1: with the? Uh- that's the one with the dress code and the the pit. Uh, or no, the, that's
0: Bridgeport. Page. This was the okay. one where uh, Evan broke his collarbone the night before, and the amateur night, guys. That was awful. The track was literally awful. Uh, the amateur night they had there, but it it came around. It was better. It was a lot better for the pros, but it just I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't a good track, and but this is what happened it happens, guys. Like my point: if you show up to these races, no matter how kind of crummy the track is or the racing or whatever if you pack the stands we're gonna come back probably the chances of them coming back if they're close to making money i don't don't know if they ever make money man at this point but uh we're gonna come back i think simply because the crowd showed up i mean there was a pretty solid crowd there so yeah show up yeah round up your posse and come out watch the races and pack the grandstands and there's a good chance we'll show up it's just so funny the fans like they don't come to like the Sacramento crowd, like the people complaining about not coming, not everybody, but they probably haven't been the one in 15 years. Sacramento, like, Sacramento is not on the schedule. It's like, I would love to poll these people that they bitch about certain races, not being on the schedule and ask them how many actually like, show me your ticket stub that you were there. Cause
1: well,
0: it's on you guys. Really? Uh, a lot of it's on you. Like none of it, all of it isn't, but you can help Do you to...
1: think that there will be the return of the night before races at a lot of these tracks that you know it definitely was uh, a great you know way to showcase amateur talent um obviously you, with it being a different entity technically between AMA and AFT like legality it's really hard to put amateurs on the same program as uh the pros but I thought that it was a great opportunity for guys you know like uh too tall and and everybody else that uh did well at amateur nationals and stuff do you do you know have you talked with Robbie Bobby about that have you heard if there's any rumblings about that I have no idea what
0: they're doing I have no <laughs> no idea yeah I don't know um <laughs> I think some of them were mildly successful um but I I think they could be better too like I think they yeah. could definitely promote them better like I know the one the one Rob did at West Virginia was so bad for turnout. They didn't even run the race. They just had like a open practice and a dash for cash or something. So I don't know. I think there's a place for it, but.
1: Well, yeah. definitely a lot of these tracks, if they don't have the, uh, the, the knowledge on how to get these tracks ready for flat tracks, maybe having that amateur night the night before gives the, the, the prep crew, uh, another, Opportunity to make it better, so uh, yeah, no, there's definitely positives to even if it is uh, a low turnout to still doing it. So I hope that you know they they bridge that gap between the pros and the grassroots stuff. So hopefully they're back. But I don't know where the hell are we on the list? Is are we going to we're at Middletown?
0: Um, we're at Middletown. We're going to Bridgeport. I think there, I think there's better places to race in quote unquote my area of the country than Bridgeport. I thought it was a. I thought it provided really good racing. Like, I don't know if you guys remember the twins final at Bridgeport, but I actually went in the stands and I watched the yeah. event and the fans were hype. I mean, that was where there was five or six guys battling for the win for the majority of that race. I mean, that was a bitch in race as far as the racing goes, but I I'd like to see, see, this is where I don't know why, like we should go to, I would love to see Williams Grove back on the schedule. Bridgeport, I'd like to see port Royal. I think having a, a PA speed week would be huge just because dude, the, there's a lot of fans in that part of the country. I mean, look how many riders are from Pennsylvania. I'm not trying to be absolutely biased because I'm, I am a PA guy, but I'm just looking at how many of like the family, the fam, the families and friends of just the riders that come. I mean, that's, that's a few hundred seats probably. So, uh, Bridgeport's cool. I just, uh, it wouldn't be my first choice if, if I, like. I guess I'm going as a racer, like I would prefer Williams Grove or, or Port Royal, but Bridgeport's fine. It's cool to see what that back. What is there back.
1: to even do in and around these places? Like what, what's around Bridgeport? Is there any? Oh, it's near you- Philadelphia. It's beautiful, okay. beautiful city so, that Uh, we, so
0: there's nothing around okay. nation's first capital, really good at s- sports teams. I don't want to talk about the Phillies right now, but you know, I just read a, a book
1: are- about Benjamin Franklin. So I'm, I'm pretty hyped on Philadelphia. I'll give you that one.
0: Oh, What's Benny it? Franklin, man. Yeah, he was uh yeah, what a legend. <laughs> so, what the the chick that uh s- um made the flag uh Rosa what the hell? Betsy Ross. She's from Philly, I think. Okay. I think, I think so. Um Rocky it. Rocky Balboa. <clears throat> heavyweight champ, beat Ivan yep. Drago. So, uh, yeah, Philly's awesome. So, Corey Yeah, I'm Philly-ish. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sammy Sebedra lives in Philly. He lives right in Philly, man. He's he's right in the mix. Yeah. But uh yeah, I don't know. I like I like Bridgeport. I just it's not my favorite, but it's cool to have it on the schedule. Uh another part of the country that we have to be in that district six, district seven area. I just think it's important. So it's cool. We're going back there. Lima half mile. I think we should just have six Lima half miles all promoted by Jared Niece and yep that should be a third of the schedule just all
1: limas does it pain you does it pain you to give him credit like that on air publicly to tell jared me's good job does it pain you to do that <laughs> not at all
0: honestly because i think if more people yeah. looked at what he did it we'd have better track prep better tracks but you know better promotions i mean jared makes money at lima because not so much because the fans show up because they definitely do but he also brings in sponsors so part of being a promoter you can make more more money by lowering your expenses by obtaining sponsorships. Wow, weird concept, right, guys? So a lot That's of these uh, promoters that don't make money, they're complaining that, you know, they don't have riders show up and things like that. Uh, you could definitely reach out and, and obtain more sponsors. And then even do you one better, you can keep those sponsors by returning uh, their investment a little bit by making it worth their time. So, yeah, it's actually weird how promoting races work when you're good at it, when you do, when you work hard you can make money. So yeah, hats off to Jared. He does his job well. (laughs) So
1: Yeah. The same, the the track prep and you know, those people have been doing it forever. And I mean, yeah, Lima is in the middle of nowhere, but still it gets people because of, of, you know, the track and the racing. It's a canvas event.
0: If you're going to come to any race on the schedule, I personally think Lima is that race. It's a cushion. It's the, it's, it's everything about Lima. It's the number one race that we have there's history behind it the racing is excellent Absolutely. um it's a it's a can't miss i think Lima is that race so more
1: cushions on the schedule please i know ventura is kind of one with the new dirt but we ju- we just need more we need cush- more
0: cushions promoted by jared because
1: again jared yeah. the way he preps it
0: he builds all those metal drags he hires the people he brings in steve Beatty, who is uh he's a canadian you know cushion guy that knows how to work the dirt like he it doesn't, Lime is not successful just because it's yeah. successful. Like it's successful because the guy that puts it on is uh he's successful in everything he does. So that, you put man, successful man. people in, that's how it, you know, that's what you end up with. So. Oh, awesome uh,
1: to, be, to get a cushion track out up in, in Canada. Like they've got that, that, that dirt up there that I, I, you know, we've been saying it on this podcast before. What's, what's stopping us from going up North. And I don't know, I'm sure there's some, you know, legal lawyers reason as to why we can't, but how cool would that be? Passports. Yeah. yeah. Vaccine. There's a lot of people that have been arrested.
0: It was vaccine bullshit. You couldn't go in for a vaccine, but now, yeah, you can, you can go in and, uh, I don't know. We'll see. But, um, from Lima to the coin, it's only one week. And that week prior is amateur national. So uh, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun for me. I'll probably have to do Lima and then go right to the coin. Spend a week. Love it. (laughs) beautiful the coin and then and then we'll be there for the mile at the coin i think the mile is actually at the end of amateur nationals yeah this this trip where it was in the middle kind of ish that this year so
1: yeah there was like two days after it and it was like on a sunday and a monday so i gotta give him credit for kind of um condensing uh amateur nationals and making the pros be and again they're two entities but uh you know essentially you've got the amateurs uh with everything culminating in the pros because that's where I, that's where these kids are trying to get to so it's just yeah i think it's just awesome well i don't think they'd, it'd be smart
0: for aft to promote it unless it was during amateur nationals Oh well i say that but fuck there weren't that many people at amateur nationals last year i mean it's I don't really? know I thought the crowd was decent. I mean, it was decent, bro, speed. but it's not like we didn't have. There wasn't even that many people at amateur nationals, though. I mean, oh,
1: well, so dollars a class,
0: right? So. Try, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> I don't know. I I guess at this point, I'm just thankful there are there is a mile on the schedule because this is the first mile of the year, middle of July. Uh The only thing I'm bummed about, I'm going to throw a plug at the Barber Fritchie Classic on July 4th in Frederick, Maryland. I love wow. doing that event it it's it bums me out big time that they scheduled amateur nationals over frederick but i get it i mean i don't know where else it fits so headed back to the coin there are some really good people out there man i i give illinois a lot of shit and especially southern illinois but it's uh the people out there are really nice but i just yeah there's no like there's nothing to eat there's nothing going on um
1: it's all Sheesh. cool. We can just we can just hang out with Austin and Sam, and then uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and Chris and Braxton and all them, and just uh, you know just make you know make a party out of it all week. It'll be cool.
0: Something, yeah,
1: yeah. It's uh, that's I mean, man. There's good people, but
0: and the, the tracks are you know usually pretty awesome, but it's just uh, it's just the coin, man. I don't know. So after that, we go up to we yeah, a couple week break, and we go up to Peoria TT. Which I'm thankful Peoria Peori is on the schedule. I had heard rumors that it it yeah. wasn't it wasn't going to be on the schedule, which w- would have really been weird. Uh, one guy commented it's on the a thing Sunday again. And he right? was like, "Yeah, it's Sunday." The one guy was like, "Man, it's weird to see Peoria on the schedule." I'm like, "Really? It's on the fucking schedule every year." So uh, <laughs> it would have been more weird if it wasn't on the schedule. Like that would I think the only time in the last probably 60 years that it wasn't on the schedule was COVID. Uh, we didn't do yeah. Peoria that year, so. So yeah, Peoria, man, I've, it's a that place that's really grown on me over the years as a rider. And that's another race that it's really, it's, you got to go there at least once. Like you got to walk in. Um, it just blows my mind how, how historic that place feels walking in there. And it's just a cool, just a cool track. I mean, there's not a lot of, not a lot of passing, but how unique that place is. It's, it's, it's just nothing like it. So
1: yeah. Well, Start and Peoria as a city is growing right it's not that far from chicago no nah, peoria you know, nice. is uh you Ain't know bad. airline flights into peoria that you can there's just a lot of stuff to do down on the river if you wanted to make a weekend trip out of it it's a it's a yeah. great town
0: yeah and we uh my van blew up or broke there last year last year so uh i didn't plan to be there but we were we were there for quite a quite a bit longer than we wanted but yeah Peoria is decent it's better than the coin as far as uh places to eat and shit so um and they yeah. have that
1: friday night race too if you're uh for one yeah to, peoria
0: speedway yep peoria sure. speedway yeah. and then they have galesburg so they uh they have a little speed week uh kind of scheduled around the peoria tt so uh going into my favorite trip of the year which i didn't make it out there this year it really bummed me out but black hills half mile Again, uh, this year—I'm sorry. This year it was a day race, which I thought was—I'm sorry, guys, that was dumb. Uh, the reason was because we had to get over to see Leonard Skinner. I just don't know how you plan around a concert. <laughs> I don't know how you you sacrifice a, the one of the best tracks on the schedule because you want to schedule around a Leonard Skinner concert in fucking downtown Sturgis. Well, wasn't it wasn't
1: because it was last minute because it was supposed to be the Buffalo ship, but then that wasn't up to speed, so they had to like retro plan for black Hills. I I don't know if that's true or not, but that's, that's what I had heard. I don't know. I just thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a reason behind it. And
0: people from a F T that are most likely going to listen to this. They probably are, I don't know, probably, Oh, you you have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any idea. Yeah. Consider the story. If, if if they communicated a little bit better, I, I, I honestly think AFT, I think, um, I think it'd be good for like Bob and, Ashley or whoever I know Bob has a huge hand in the schedule, Cameron gray. I think it'd be good to do a podcast like, or do a Facebook live video where they kind of, they're transparent about why we're not going to the red mile or why we're not going to OKC. Um It's You're really hush hush. Yeah. Like I think it'd be good for them to kind of be transparent with, be transparent with the fans and, and reach them directly and, explain why you know explain why the schedule took so long um like i know some reasons why like i've heard internally but let let them know like let the fans know i don't think it's a bad a bad bad idea at all to kind of you know talk directly with the people and let them know like why you're going there why you're not going there etc um the uh, tba august 10th That is, I'm pretty, I'm not certain on this one, Eric. I'm 90% certain that the August 10th one is the quote unquote Sturgis Supermoto flat track that they want to possibly do downtown streets of Sturgis. Nope. But part of me thinks it could be five, 10%. I guess, well, I guess it's way lower now because Rasselcock posted a big thing. So I thought maybe there was a small percentage that it could have been that but well august 10th is in the middle of the week right yeah i think my that math probably adds up if if black hills is august
1: 6th august 10th is is uh Another so way. So yeah, makes sense. So if you connect the dots here, we'll we'll put our conspiracy hats on here. If you go to the city of Sturgis, their their social media, they posted a video of Brian Smith, and I'm pretty sure he was on Dawson's bike, but he was doing testing downtown. And there's like a um there's a group that um on Facebook, but what they do is that <laughs> like they just call out the city of Sturgis for like not being honest about like spending money, like government spending and they, if you go to the post, you can read it, but they're like, Yeah, they paid this, uh, this you know, American flat track group like five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars to come out and test this. And so, it's hard for me to see uh, a city putting up that much money to conduct a test and then not do that race. That would not get those elected officials back into office. So, that's why I'm putting all my chips that this is the downtown race, what it ends up looking like. And if there's any dirt, I don't know. But that's I almost I'm, think
0: there um, has to be dirt, man, because I know Moto America, they hold the licensing rights to pavement races. So if it's all ooh. pavement races, technically, it's a road race. So yeah, I think yeah, they need yeah. to add some dirt to... That would be...
1: That would be cool if they like trucked in dirt like downtown i mean it's Sturgis, they can do whatever they want that would be badass and i would buy into that one but cuz yeah if they did like supermoto andy debrino would have the biggest boner ever and he would just come in and destroy it right so I don't, no i don't think he would cuz it's <laughs> it's uh and that's not i mean he's a great rider but
0: uh yeah, yeah. we we would still run 19 inch dunlop flat track like dt4 tires so yeah. it's way different than running supermoto tires uh they would be very fast but i think i think people would underestimate how good like Briar would do
1: or Dallas. I mean, Dallas, you know, he did supermoto Briar, uh, even Jared. And Meese, so- like yeah, I have to say as a plug to the podcast that you just recently did down in Australia, the the Kelpie Flat track pod, you talk about kind of those differences, but and obviously you're referring to the the way that they ride down in Australia, but you do a good job of kind of talking through what some of those changes and and whatnot are with the different bikes and stuff. So if you haven't listed that, go check that out. It was a great pod and a great interview you did with that. But yeah, so you did you you do recently uh, just talked you just talked about kind of like how big of a difference those wheels and tires can make.
0: Oh, it's game changing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe you'd, I mean, if we, if they did something like that, maybe you'd see guys like, you know, I doubt Josh Heron would do it, but maybe like a Brandon posh or somebody that, you know, Ashton Yates, I bet you'd see a bunch of guys coming out to racing it. But at what point do we sacrifice the integrity of like flat track? Like w- yeah. what it is? Um, I mean, I they've never done anything quite like that, at least in a long. What time. What happened I mean, the
1: last time that Brandon Posh came out to a flat track uh, race? It, wasn't, it was yours. Be like every fucking time
0: he comes to Winter Throwdown, bro. <laughs> he's he's getting hauled out in an ambulance. I'm like, come on, man. So yeah, yeah. I don't know, but that's uh that's August 10, and then we have looks like a 21 day break, three weeks until doubleheader season finale at Springfield mile. And yeah, I think it's cool. I, I liked finishing that early. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed, mm-hmm. I missed the, uh, the final TVA it's, uh, early September, 2024 and it's TBA half mile. And all indications from what I kind of know is that'll be Charlotte. If they can figure it out, I think they're waiting on the super motocross schedule to come out. I've heard they want to, not collab with them, but run the event on the same day as the super motocross thinking they will potentially draw fans from super motocross straight on over to super twins.
1: Flat Track. So that would have to be the playoffs for them because their regular season schedules out and it ends before September. So um, dare I be optimistic, but I think that's a great, um, you know, a great move but on on them to maybe partner with them cuz you've kind of seen some partnering with some like four wheel activities that doesn't really translate um i think that it would be a great opportunity for them cuz i mean i know that it's you know uh, outlaw racing but out here there's a there's a big lords of dirt race and they partner with twitch and like all the freestyle guys and that damn place is packed. And I would like to think that it's packed because of flat track, but it's, you know, the freestyle and it's, they put that all right in the middle of the, the, the track. And so, I mean, I'm not, you know, you know, get too optimistic. Like how cool would that be if they put a, a supercross track or something like that in the middle of a flat track. But I just think at least bridging that gap between um, that crowd and even Moto America is a, is a no brainer.
0: Yeah. I just don't, I don't think it's, I think, I don't think people are going to want to watch super motocross all day and then come over and quote, unquote, I'm just quoting what they might say, watch a bunch of guys go around the circle. Like those guys, they're going to the super motocross race. They want to get hammered. They want to watch the racing. I just don't see that. I don't see how we'll draw very many of them over to the half mile. I don't think it's the same demographic. I mean, it's kind of like, kind of like these rally races I've talked about on the podcast that Daytona, when we went to Laconia, Sturgis, we don't really draw, we don't really draw the bikers into our races anymore. Like they'd rather ride their Harleys, go to main street, get hammered. They don't really want to sit down for eight hours and watch flat track. And I'm not saying so- I agree with it, but the only time it's ever been successful is when we actually bring the race inside the bar. I like the Buffalo chip.
1: Um, Well, unfortunately I think that to go back to what you had said earlier is that I think AFT is selling that to sponsors who aren't quite as knowledgeable on it. So they're like, Oh hell yeah, we can get our brand in front of these people. But then, you know, kind of like what you were saying, not really understand that it doesn't necessarily get people in the seats. So I don't know, maybe, yeah, I, was I, like to- it, I I like it, man. I like we're yeah. going back to Charlotte. It's a, it's a really cool
0: yeah. racetrack. I mean, the last couple of times we've been there, it's been kind of rainy and crummy. Um, but yeah. generally speaking, that place has always been like when it's dry, and it's, it's awesome. It's a really cool track, and being in Charlotte is a good thing too. I mean, it's the home of NASCAR, so
1: it's. Well, it's the home of Sammy Halbert now, so we can have the the banquet at his uh, his new place.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. I, <laughs> I mean, it's, there's a lot of really cool people that live in that area. So it'd be, yeah, it'd be cool to have it there. But again, that's TBA. We don't know for certain, but that's kind of what we're going off of. So generally speaking, man, I don't hate the schedule. I think it favors, it doesn't favor the privateers, but it's definitely more appealing to those riders because there's only three miles and the miles that are on the schedule, the coin and Springfield, they're not drag strip miles. I like to call them like Sacramento red mile where really long straightaways, tight and slow corners they're more momentum based miles. So I think you can get away with not having a complete rocket ship. Um, and yeah, a lot of short tracks, a lot of, yeah, a lot of really, I don't know, really cool tracks. I think, I don't think it's a bad schedule at all. I'm not even going to hammer them really too bad on getting it out this late. I, I, I think it's definitely, they should have definitely got it out sooner, but I I understand I understand uh things happen but yeah I don't know I generally speaking I think it's I think
1: the schedule's fine um
0: yeah you give it what
1: what would you grade it if like with the with the TBAs basically we know what the TBAs are what what grade would you give uh the schedule
0: uh, I don't know maybe like a B minus or a really good C plus like right on the money B minus I guess. I guess maybe one more TT would have been nice, N- not necessarily needed, but but I think we need at least one or two more miles. I mean, yeah, the cons right. of this is we still have one cushion track essentially. I venture, I don't quite count that Daytona. I don't really count as a cushion. Uh, demographically speaking, like we don't. There's only one West Coast trip. It looks like I don't really consider South Dakota West Coast. Um, so only one really West coast trip. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's okay. Like I don't want to, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings too much or whatever guys, like I'm giving you a little pat on the back. It's not bad. I just think it could have came out uh, sooner and yeah, it ain't bad, Eric. I gave it a,
1: B minus Yeah, C I'm plus, about to, yeah. the same with you. I I definitely as, you know, as a an avid fan, uh I love the Miles um so I w- I definitely wish that there were some more Miles um but on but on the flip side, I do think there's a lot of excitement in short tracks. Um, so I know that's kind of a minority uh, viewpoint, but I, I I do like the twins on the short track, the bumping and the banging and and everything. So I, I like that they're short tracks. But I just the short tracks are time. fine, man. They're fine.
0: And like Sonoy is not even a short track. That's basically a small half mile. Yes. The way it's ridden, the ra- the way uh, the gear like the gearing is essentially like a small small half mile. And Silver Dollar that's it's not it doesn't I don't think that's that small either. I think it's pretty, pretty decent size. It actually reminds different. me of um. There's a track called Gas City in uh, Indiana. I think it was that we did, and I think it'll be similar to Gas City. But I also have no fucking idea. <laughs> I'm just going like I'm just going off of playing it on the video game. That's like my references. I mean, if we're going off the video game, y'all are fucked. Like I I get around there on that game pretty pretty or I'm retiring. Yeah, for, for Chico, California, that's the one I'm coming out of retirement for to uh, to basically just take the number one plate off Cody's bike. I, I already okay. texted him. I said, you're done, dude. He's like, what do you mean? Yeah, he was concerned. I'm like, you're done. Big privateer Cody. I'm coming for your your lunch money. Yeah, yeah, privateer Cody. So um, I don't know. There's a lot more we could probably talk about in the schedule, but we're pushing on time. I definitely wanted to bring up the hooligan stuff. I'll, I just wanted to share a little bit of, of my thoughts on kind of how the hooligan thing has kind of unfolded over the years from my yeah. point of view. Um, I've always been a fan of it from the very first time I saw it at Cosa Mesa and before it got as popular as it did. And I am going to give a shout out to Roland um, Roland Sands because, like, he really did pop- make it popular, I feel. Um, like, it it wasn't really a thing. Like, guys did it before he started he, – picked it up and ran with it. But he was one of the first advocates to kind of push it. You know, he brought in Travis Pastrana to do it. He brought in Robbie Madison. He brought in Twitch. I mean, he brought in all these guys that kind of helped make it popular. But at the same time, it's just, it's become, it's become too, there's too many egos with hooligan racing now, where it almost pisses me off as a pro racer. Like when some of these hooligan guys talk to you, it's like they're on your level as far as like riding a, a motorcycle goes. And it's they, they, but they, they want to get paid big money, quote unquote, big money, like decent money. Like these guys want to get, they want to have a fucking $5,000 purse, but they don't want, there's like a list of people that can't ride most of them. Like, oh, you don't want pros. And then if a former pro does ride it, they, they're pissed they're annoyed. Um, so they want to get paid big money, but they don't want to race people that race for money. (laughs) Like they're, they're almost entitled in a way where, you know, and I'm still a big fan of hooligan racing. I, I pay the hooligans a decent amount of money at all my events. I, I'm an advocate. I have a lot of friends that ride hooligan racing, but there's just some people that take it way too serious guys. Like if you want to take it serious, you want to make money, you want to talk about it in your Instagram bio, Uh, I think the X Games, having the hooligans in the X Games uh, made it worse because now you have all these hooligan riders that were, yeah, I've been in, they tell chicks at the bar, I was in the X Games, blah. I was like, dude, you rode a fucking hooligan bike in the X Games. Um, Yeah, it's just, I like it. It's more fun, though, the guys that don't have egos with it, uh, that they understand kind of where they're at with it. Um, And they're still good riders, like Rich Heverly, Dave Kilkenny, um, guys like that, that are really really good riders but they're not they don't ruin it from like uh like the pro riders watching they're yeah i don't even know where i'm going with it but it's 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 kind of it's 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 gotten out of hand a little bit
1: yeah so you know like i was telling you like i'm a recovering hooligan right so like my injury has definitely um you know made me take a step back and kind of you know, I was focusing on my, you know, my son's racing this year and, you know, the podcast and back to being a fan. And, you know, it's made me aware of a lot of the pitfalls in this class. And, you know, don't worry out there. I still love the sound um, and the look of hooligan bikes. And I'll be honest, Corey, I like the way that they look and sound more than, you know, 450s and, you know, a fucking Kawasaki Ninja. Um, You know, and I, I love the level of competition that the GNHC brings. And, you know, I've missed that in my life since I was playing stick and ball sports. And you know, the core of the class, it has a lot to offer. But, you know, as as it's grown, the everyman aspect of what brought people into this class has been kind of ruined um by a lot of these now fuel-injected purpose-built bikes that were never run what you brung. Uh, they bought them specifically to you know, race and you know, on the flip side, you talk about the positive of Roland Sands, uh, but I will say that like it kind of started going down that with like the X Games and when Roland Sands big money, and then when AFT and G&HC got together. I mean, for Christ's sake, I have an AFT number. Jason Griffin, who was a real pro, couldn't run twenty three because of me. And like even at the t- time when that happened. I was like rolling my eyes. I'm like, what? That's that's silly. And now you have guys like flying to races and signing contracts and fucking you know acting tough on social media. And then, but on the flip side, they're the same people that are like complaining about Mark Tepper's riders. And you know, that Mark Tepper is an artist and his bikes are fantastic. Don't get mad that you know he's got Ron Woods and you know Varnsey and all these people, and like you know, Sean Bayer um don't don't complain about that Uh, it's it's just it's really frustrating you want your cake and you want to eat it too you know I'm I put Tanner Dean on my bike after I got hurt and without any practice without any changes to the bike he goes out and wins Super Bowl and dominates out at the west coast and it's just like we just got to relax right you know at the at its core hooligan racing is ymc basketball ymca basketball it's fun it's a great time with your friends but when you leave the gym you know does it really matter when lebron james could still cross you up six ways to sunday like let's know where we're at and stop killing the class with egos and know that we are a part of flat track we're not any better let's try and you know grow it at a grassroots and and you know that's what i was also saying it's like let's take a step back because like the blowhards are in the minority of the minority, but like on the flip side that like the capabilities of a hooligan bike are just way too much for like an amateur rider uh, to hop on and, you know, yeah i mean you could look and like yeah oh, you dumbass you got hurt at lima i'm like no, but that's that's true i'm not a pro i never was a pro like these bikes are just so fast and so capable that it's just the, the the rider and the bikes don't always line up and i don't know do we do we want it to go back to how it was or do we want to lean into it like moto america does and it becomes another class i don't know i was going to put that to you what do you think should we lean into it and just make it like it is for moto america or try and keep it at the at the grassroots level?
0: Yeah. I was trying to think like how to do the rules. And I think it's some, it's honestly what we're struggling with in the super twins class right now, where you get to these twin level bikes and it's just sort of, I don't know, like it's hard to find a rules package because there's so many different CC, like CC sizes for the different brands and manufacturer and dude, I don't know. I don't, I don't know an answer. Well, I would say as,
1: that I like that about the hooligan racing where it's, um, the rules are stock chassis, swing arm, like, you know, minimum No, that's a
0: cool yeah. rule. I guess where I'm at with it is Go like, on, yeah. initially it was all, pretty much all Harleys, right? And now yeah, these other brands, they, they, they come into it and people are bitching about, no, nah, they're bitching about like the KTMs or like Sean Bears, BMW, but realistically, you know, any other brand minus Harley is they're just, it's a, the other brands are just more modern than Harley Davidson. So it, it's a, it's a Harley Davidson brand thing. And, and I can speak on it cause I grew up in the heart. I grew up in a Harley shop. I know, I know well, the I would Harley say brand it, like, very, very well me if I'm
1: wrong, but I'm the only hooligan out there that isn't like, that's not Harley, but like still air cooled, uh, you know, twin some, I mean like those like basic rules, like all you're asking me if you're
0: the only one I I know.
1: No, it's just, just like they're the only, (laughs) every other brand has gone like to the future and they're fuel injected. And I like it,
0: man. I I like the class. I think it's cool, but I think the big purses, I think y'all, I think y'all are getting paid too much to be hooligan guys. And then you, and then, you know, you put that much money up for grabs and you, you get some of these guys that want to go race and make money. Like we had Mesa, um, stefano on the podcast the last episode with robbie bobby and he talked about bounty hunting like he would just he just goes where the money is to make money like his job is to race motorcycles and he is gonna make money whatever it takes so he's gonna he'll ride club races you know he's a, he's a superbike he had a pretty much an essentially he earned a factory bmw superbike ride not factory but factory supported but he's still going to like we're a club races to take their contingency money so but then But then they, the the hooligan guys, they, you know, they want to get paid big, pretty decent money, but then they bitch about like former pros riding it. So that's the part that frustrates me. It's like they want to get paid big money, but they don't want to race guys that are, you know, that are used to racing for money. So it's fine. Like if you simplified hooligan racing, if you made it 100% payback or, made it like the Astro Cup guys where they're not making big money and they're former... Like, Ronnie, you put Ronnie Jones on a hooligan bike, he's going to whoop your asses. So, um, yeah, I just... Yeah, that's that's just something I, I struggle with is...
1: Well, I think if you're 50-plus and winning hooligan races, relax. If you're younger than 40 and winning hooligan races, turn pro and relax. So either way, relax on the egos and just, you know, <laughs> let's work together on figuring out... Well, dude, we- you have...
0: We'll you have these 30, like 30 year old guys, which 30's not that young. Like I'm fucking 36. Right. So you have these 30 year old guys that show up to some of these races and they're like, Oh, you know, I don't want to push it. I got to get up for work on Monday. It's like, bro, you sound like you're 60 years old. Like you're fucking 30, 30 is the new 20 man. Like I, I think, I mean, 40 is not that old. So most of the, and I'm going to uh, hammer my buddy cost a little bit. I love you, dude. But He's, uh, you know, 30 plus the vet class, you know, I don't want to race the kids. I'm like, dude, 30's like, that's not that young. I mean, that's not that old. It's not old. Like 30 well, Jared Meese is 37 yeah. and he's the best, best rider in the world. And he's 37. So, um, <laughs> I just think it, like if they're 50 years old and they say it, it's one thing, but I've talked to multiple people that are like in their early thirties and yeah, I got to get up for work on Monday. I'm like, what's so I get that. But you're, you're talking yeah. like you have a cane and shit. Um, so I like hooligan racing, man. I'm a big supporter of it, but
1: there's definitely, there's definitely
0: a way to approach it.
1: And like, I like but the I like that, um, to go back, you know, we kind of talked about, uh, part like, um, you know, do we lean into it with American flat track, but like, even at the grassroots level, do you lean into it and, and make it a pro class where like, okay, if you're going to ride hooligan, it's just going to be a pro class or you're not going to ride a pro class because you're a hooligan. Cause I'm, I'm big on, you know, it all starts at the grassroots level. So with I don't think these we need
0: tracks. Sorry. I've been cutting you off. I don't think we need a, I don't think we need a third class at AFT. Like I think two of them should be enough to where we sell the program based on those two classes. And to be honest, I don't, I don't like the Astro Cup um, just because there are some egos associated with that a little bit. Not from like a lot of the guys, like most of them are super cool, like Jackie Mitchell, Ronnie Jones, Kevin Varnes, Garth, but like, like Charlie Roberts, like he was like a Astro superstar, you know, it's like, bro, relax, you're a fucking Astro. So that I don't love the Astros maybe once a year. Like, I think it's cool to see them do it once a year, but it got played out. They like got like, they were doing it every other race.
1: It seemed like, um, I, like the, I liked last year where it was a mix of all the three classes, like hooligan, BTR and Astro cup. And that's what I was Rumblings getting at. Like I like, are, the B- yeah. Yeah.
0: I like the BTR. I really do. I like BTR. I think there's a place for that. Um, I think their schedule is just enough. Like, I think, I don't think there needs to be more or less. I th- I think four to six races is good. Um, hooligans. I don't, it was cool seeing George Roeder and Dominic and all those guys run it at lima but i just maybe once or twice like i don't think we need to have it every race i mean if guys want to be if they want to you know race at aft events get your pro license i don't know i mean i think once is good like a novelty but i'd like to see again only once or twice i'd like to see an open amateur shootout i'd like to have that i would love to see at daytona short track I'm not trying to be biased. I'd love to see a PW 50 class at Daytona short track. Like I think the, the crowd would go crazy if there was 12 kids on PWs or even fifties and 50 CCs in general. But I think it'd be so cool to have a 50 CC shootout. Um, the crowd loves that at supercross. They love it. Like, yeah, I think, I think we can look at different things. Um, we pretty much go to hooligan racing, we go to the Astro Cup because of the people involved with it. They're making that push, but um, I'm still going to pay the hooligan guys at my races a decent amount of money. They put on a good show. There are big name guys that run that, but I'm not going to pay more than what I pay. I'm I'm not going to cut a hooligan guy a thousand dollar check for winning a local race. Like that's crazy to me. Um, if you guys want to make that big of money sign up and ride my open expert class at winter throwdown. If you win open expert, every race at winter throwdown and you win the Thursday night, one V one, you're going to make a five, six grand. So if you want to make big money, race, I'm going to, I'm
1: going to throw this one out to you and we're already going to get burned alive at the stake by the hooligans. But I, you know, obviously like I've said it, I love it. And you know, I had a lot of fun riding hooligan, but do you think I can't shake what Frankie Garcia said? About the 250 and 450, and how that's the future, and it's got me thinking about, you know, well, has hooligan racing kind of taken over the twins? And um, I, I just, that's where my brain, I can't, I can't shake it. That yep, focus on 250 and 450s, and then hooligans become the the twin. I mean, I, I, don't I know. think it's what, such what? a struggle. Like this is
0: something I've been thinking about. I think it's such a struggle, and it's so much extra work and planning to come up with rules packages based on the twins. You know, like I said before, there's so many different CCs, the KTM 890, the Yamaha 700, the Kawasaki 650. There's so many, there's so much variety where it's so hard to come up with rules packages, especially because they change stuff every year on these twins where the moto bikes, like the 450 class, it's predictable and all the bikes are very similar. So you you don't have to be creative where, Oh, well, let's restrict this bike. Let's give this bike a heavy wheel. Oh, oops. That was too good. Let's take two pounds off the heavy wheel. Let's give this bike traction control. Like the rules are so hard to explain and they're so mixed bag in the twins where dude, it's, it's stressful for anybody to even start a twins program. Cause you don't know there's no three, four year plan when it comes to running a twins team, because Everything changes so much. Where the 450, it's so predictable. Like you know for 3-4 years that class is gonna it's not gonna change cuz you're you're mirroring Supercross, you're mirroring Moto. Um I don't love the 250s because I think it evens out the playing field too much. Um 250s on a mile would be terrifying. I mean, if you're a significantly worse rider than the guy in first, like talent, you can hang on a mile on a 250. It's like if me and you, dude, if we rode XR 100s around Springfield Mile, we'd probably have a fucking battle. But like, no offense, I'm gonna smoke you. you on a big bike. Um, but <laughs> hey, slower.
1: Hey, we raced at Sonoya, buddy. I got that screenshot of the times. <laughs> I was I was fourth. <laughs> yeah, but you get my point. Like, I don't know. I I don't
0: love the 250 idea, but I think it's getting harder and harder to run the twins, and that's so painful for for me to say, as a guy who grew up in the sport. The Twins, the custom bikes, the XR750, the RS750, the Indian FTR, that's what makes Flat Track so special, so beautiful, unique, is because of those motorcycles. So I hate to take that away, but it was so much easier when everybody was riding the same bike.
1: Like what what Ricky Howerton was saying when he's developing that chassis that you could put any basically parallel to an engine, it's going to have to be something like that off the wall, you know, production twins or something like that. I just don't want flat track to become kind of like baseball, where it's like a prisoner of its own history, when the market is going in another direction. And it's like, who's going to be, you know, the first US president to lose a war, right? Like Vietnam went on for like 50 years, because no one wanted to. So there's going to yeah. take a, some leader to like kind of pull the plug and be hated. But You got to make a big call and you got to,
0: and you got to stick with it. Like you're going to have to make a big call and you're going to have to have a three or four year plan and you're going to have to stick to that plan. So, um, which the teams would be cool with if they, if they had a three-year plan every year, we do not know what they're going to change with the rules. Like I thought this year would be some pretty big changes and we were all waiting. And then that rule book came out where it was like, you got to change the color of your numbers um oh here's one millimeter we're taking off like i don't know there was we just don't know
1: though like they don't really you know, tell us though, you the can't have in. you can't have like a fucking ktm point out of the sport if you're gonna focus on the 450s right so there's like all right so if we're gonna make that big jump we gotta do a little internal uh shoring up but i don't know i guess that's a discussion for another day but i definitely see like ultimately that there is a place for hooligan racing um just i don't want it to get more toxic and push people away and well it's just like oh fucking sing kumbaya it got funny to
0: me when i was at a big a big event out in the midwest and one of the hooligan guys came up to me and he said um and i quote i don't know why you guys are getting paid so much more than we are we're the show oh my god i was like right on dude i was like you're the fucking serious oh he was a hundred percent serious it was uh a guy from California. Um, you guys can take a guess on, on who it is, but yeah, he, he's a very proud, he pretty much invented hooligan racing if you ask him, but I don't have a problem with the guy. He's Nice guy. He doesn't mean any harm by it, but he was serious. Like he was, you know, telling a pro rider, you know, we're the show. I don't know why you guys are getting paid so much more. I'm like, let's line the fuck up right now. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. And like I said, these hooligan guys—they are very good. I mean, Dave Kilcanny, like Richard Heverly, uh, I'm, I'm picking those guys because they're my boys. But there's guys that just race hooligans that are—they're very good riders. But there's very good riders that race amateurs that never went pro and don't get paid big money. So, um, yeah, I, I just think if they keep it fun, it's the vibe is so much better for hooligan racing. Um, but I have to
1: say this on uh, a public broadcast or whatever like i i have to admit that like i started to go down that road and this injury snapped it back so there is recovery for you if you're down that road you know <laughs> and like i i have to give credit to the guys in the southeast that like um i can't you know like six months ago i have punched myself for saying this but like that those team fun boys down in the carolinas like they were they're, all about that they they know hooligans place they know what it brings to the sport and they shun kind of like the taking the shit serious and they just have fun and like i love ride.
0: the free riding
1: vibes that with hooligan yeah. um uh jimmy hill out at california
0: he, he he posts some really cool videos he's got some flat track background with him yeah. and yeah the the joseph houston he does like some 360 videos on his harley and wheelies it and that stuff's cool, man. I think, I think that's a, a cool thing with, uh, with hooligan racing. And then you have these hooligan guys too, um, that they're, Oh, well, we're not scared of the pros line them up. And I hate to tell you guys, if, if, a if a top pro, like a top 10 twins guy, like jumped on a hooligan bike in his prime right now, he'd win every race. Um, I'm not knocking your guys' skill level on these hooligan bikes, but that's not, you know, the guys that are winning hooligan racing now, like, you know, Ron and Kevin, they're great riders, but they're, they're not racing full time. I mean, you put, you put, um, let's just pick like Davis Fisher or somebody around the top 10, Brandon Price, you put them on a, on a hooligan bike they're, they're going to win every race. Um, yep. so me and Janish, we're going to start our own hooligan team. We're, uh, we're working together now, me and Jesse Janish, we're going
1: to, go. we're going to come out and you guys weren't it. in the top 10. So you can go steal all the purse money at uh panhandle. Uh, <laughs> get it. I saw that's a big, that's a big payout, man. That's a, uh, that's what kind
0: of got me on the on the kick. I'm like, "Holy shit, these guys dude, if somebody swept every race down there. They could make
1: a few thousand dollars throughout a hooligan bike." I mean, oh, yeah. And then like the, you know, the end of season purse that's like put on top of it.
0: Yeah, it's good money, yeah.
1: man. It's uh, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah.
0: It's crazy. So, yeah. Uh again, big hooligan fan just it's uh it's gotten gotten crazy. But all right, man. I know you got to bounce, right? So, appreciate exactly. you uh I go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate you coming on bro we could have talked way more about schedule and hooligan. so uh anybody has any questions on this or you want to chime in send us a message and we will uh we'll do some q a on the next pod kind of following up on on the schedule and the the hooligan stuff so thanks bro appreciate you i'll I'll do our i'll do my uh closing after you go all right i'm getting out of here (laughs) have a nice life all right take care bye Oh man. All right. Well, that was uh like I said, that was a good podcast uh generally speaking. Uh we could have talked about it a lot more. I want to make sure thank you guys all for being a part of it, subscribing to us on iTunes, SoundCloud and Spotify. We are also pushing the Patreon stuff. We appreciate everybody that is kind of joining us on there. It's a really cool thing. I I kind of avoided doing the Patreon thing for a while, but um with Eric and Billy kind of pushing me for it, I finally caved and It's been cool. Like, it's been cool to communicate with people on the Patreon page. Uh, It's $10 a month. If you uh, subscribe to that, you get two episodes every show based on some insider knowledge within the sport. Uh, For example, the first one we had Kristen Lassen, social media for American Flat Track. We had her on and we talked about everything the ins and outs of social media and being a racer. And then the last show we had the man, Davey Durrell, on the podcast. We talked wheels, tire pressure. Cutting tires, treating tires, making liners, uh, wheel widths. We talked a lot with David Durrell. It's like an hour and forty-five minute podcast. So, if you want access to those pods, uh, you have to subscribe to the Patreon and you have to pay. So you can be a free subscriber to Patreon, you get like a five minute preview of those podcasts, but there's so much more info than the preview. Um, but you got it's it's ten dollars per month, guys and That's like I said before. It's a that's a a trip to your local coffee shop with your, with your old lady to uh to be a part of that. So and it it, dude, it's cool. Like it helps us out a lot. We can put it back into the podcast. We can upgrade our equipment. There's different things we want to buy and do with this podcast, but it's uh, very time consuming, for uh, (laughs) very little money. But we appreciate everybody who is part of that. We're working on different levels, different things there as well for the Patreon people. So. Yeah. That was a quick one. Um, if you haven't already, even if you're not a road racing fan, you're flat track, go back and listen to our Stefano Mesa podcast. Really cool podcast about a, uh, a privateer of privateers, like going around all over the country, racing, making money. He worked his way all the way up to a, a factory supported BMW superbike ride this year. And he's one of the most underrated racers in America. Stefano Mesa. He literally jumps from a electric hooligan bike to a super bike to a 600 to a twins cup bike guy rides everything go back and listen to i think it was episode 160 or 159 i don't even know where we're at anymore with this but uh yeah it was a a good podcast so yeah um i think that's a wrap so drop us some feedback comment let us know what you think of this one and podcast in general shout out to eric for helping me out I don't think I have anything else, guys. I'm trying to look through my notes here while we're chatting. There was a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about, too, um, (laughs) with the schedule. A lot of comments and things that I thought were very funny. Um, But we'll catch up on that on the the next show. Um, Yeah, that's a wrap. Till next time, we out.